everybody, and welcome back. This is episode eight of the Grunge Bible Podcast. My name is Chris Salona, and I am joined, as usual, by my friend, Ethan Shalloway. Ethan, how are you hitting today? Chris, uh, you know, we're doing, we're doing okay. It's, uh, it is May 3rd, so this is going to recording the week of, and you know, I'll be honest, I'm a little, I'm a little tired, brother. I'm it's spent. Been a, it's been a long, I feel like it's been a long <laughs> December. <laughs> it has been the longest of Decembers and it's May. I don't know how it's already May, but man, I'm fucking tired. Like Dude, I'm so tired. But I do every I do everything right <laughs> and I'm still tired. We've been yeah, you try to dot all your I's and cross all your T's, get the sleep, try to eat well, you know, avoid other things that are, you know, gonna be detrimental. But man, we've been we've been running uh you know, pretty consistently for, for a while in our lives. I know you, you've been, you've been competing. Yeah. Jackson Brown would say running on empty (laughs) (laughs) in 65. I was 17. Um, but yeah, man, it's been, it's been a pretty hectic, it was a hectic month of April and may, I know I have a busy may, I know you do as well. So you've been, you've been on the road the past couple of weekends competing, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, you guys know a little bit about us, uh, but I guess a little bit more insight. So yeah, this past month I've been competing. We started the uh, javelin season, track and field season. So past three weeks I've been in, let's see, went to Gulf Shores in Alabama for a meet. We went out to Eugene, Oregon. So I went to Portland. And then uh, last week we were, I just went to uh, Lexington, Kentucky to my alma mater to compete. Um, so three travel weeks and um, just a lot of, you know, a lot of exertion, a lot of driving and whatnot. And that stuff, you know, I love it. I really do. My body's built for it, but at some point, just like we talked about last week, uh, you know, that stuff wears on you. So yeah, a lot of travel, but you know, I love it. I love the life that I, I have to live, but sometimes you get tired, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you get tired. I don't know about you or anybody else listening, but I tend to have a lot of things going on pretty much at all times as you do. Ethan. Yeah. I feel like I can always carve out like three and a half weeks of, I guess what you would call high performance where, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Like I'm taking care of everything I need to. And then like I reach three and a half weeks, like, you know, 21 yeah. days, 25 days. And I just crash for a couple of days. And I feel, I feel like that is, that is imminent. It's kind of like, and you know, I think we're going to talk about weightlifting possibly later uh, <laughs> due to the, yes. the music we'll be talking about, but it's just like weightlifting. You go in like four week cycles and you go three weeks harder then you have to have a deload week. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it goes for, you need it. Yeah. You need it. You just moved. Correct. I just moved. So the and last everybody knows that the most draining thing in the world is packing your bags and having to move. So oh, that it is absolutely like sucks. Moving, cleaning your house and, or, or just like leaving wherever you're staying, yeah. moving, you know, trying to button up yeah, areas especially, of your life. Especially, I know there's a lot of people out there, myself included, and, and you as well, you know, who have gotten in the habit just of the way their lives have been going, where you move, you know, damn near every single year, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I just, I moved, I moved last, uh, last August and here I am at April, May, 2021, I'm moving again, but, uh, yeah, it, it tires you out. I haven't had a day just to relax in a little bit, but pretty soon, pretty soon we'll, we'll take care of that, man. It's uh, get that, get that deload week in you. Yeah. The wheel, the wheel keeps on turning though, and there's nothing we can do about it, but we've got, um, we've got some a really good topic today. So with the podcast so far, we've got seven episodes under our belts. We haven't really spoken a whole lot about Soundgarden. So today's going to be a heavy Soundgarden episode. But before we get into that, I would just like to shout out our three top level patrons who make this podcast possible. Um, and they go by Shannon Gorgone, Sonny Mashburn, and Victor Schaefer. So Shannon, Sonny, and Victor, 
you're listening, thank you so much. Um, your, your assistance and your donation to the Patreon each month keeps this podcast running and it allows us to do this. So if you enjoy it, um, we'll have more on that later at the end of the episode. But thank you to you three. You're outstanding individuals and we're really happy that you're enjoying what we're doing so far. Yeah. Talk about beautiful souls. I mean, can you yeah. imagine that, that people are, uh, you know, supporting us to do, to do this? I, just I love still it. find I love, it strange. I love the idea. Yeah. I still find it strange that there's people that seem to value the thoughts and opinions that we have about music and I guess about things that aren't related to music sometimes too, but it's, it's kind of strange, but we're rolling with it. And, uh, you know, we're really thankful to have the platform, but it is, it is still weird. You know, we're, we're over five years in and it's still kind of, kind of weird when you think about it. Yeah. I just, I just imagine that they are, um, they believe the same that we do, that we're all out here just doing our best and they, and they can support that. And I can get behind that too. I love that. Absolutely. So speaking of doing our best, like I said, we're going to talk about Soundgarden. Talk about a group of people who did their best and their best was pretty damn good. Yeah, these, you know, people ask us all the time, like, why is Soundgarden not in the hall, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? People. Yeah. And people, com- people comment that like, often, I feel like we've had a recent, a, a ton of, a ton of messages. Yeah. Cause about they've it. been eligible like we, for a while because I think for the rock and like roll, we Hall would of know Fame, exactly. Yeah. Like, why didn't you vote for them? I was right. like, oh, exactly. We- yeah. We are not, we, we do not cast votes, unfortunately, but I think to qualify <laughs> or to be eligible for induction, your first commercial recording has to be at least 25 years old. So they're, you know, they're far and away past that. I mean, they, right. they started commercially recording, I think in 85 or 86. So, um, yeah, it's been a long time coming, but we don't really hold much weight, but I mean, I absolutely agree. They, you know, they need to be in tomorrow. If you ask me. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Like we, yeah, we I, I, I think that thing. like their influence and I mean, you know, every, you know, all the names of the people in the band. Like, it's just one of those things that people, you know, obviously Chris Cornell, it, the way that they stick out um, in rock and roll. I, it's, well, I mean, they were there at the beginning too. If you think about it, I mean, if you think back to the, the deep six 100%. compilation tape that, that sub pop put out in the mid 1980s, I mean, they were on it along with malfunction and a lot of different, you know, green river was on there, for example. I mean, those are the forefathers and, you know, Soundgarden was still there and the career that they had, you know, they obviously broke through in 91 to the mainstream with bad motor finger, which we're going to talk a lot about, but I mean, talk about a band that when I think of Soundgarden. I just think of music that makes me want to run through a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every, I think of, I mean, obviously I don't know what, I don't know what exact, I think it's a combination of everything. You got Chris's voice, obviously that's just unparalleled. It, it might be, it might be the most impressive voice in rock and roll, in my opinion. Certainly. Um, then you got Kim, the yeah. absolute axe master, like his guitar and his, the riffs that he puts down are just, they cut, they cut every song and beautifully. Oh my gosh. And he is, it's crazy. Like he can do it all too. You know, the riffs yeah. he comes up and, and he can shred too. He, he can, can shred. absolutely he can sh- shred. Like yeah. I'm just thinking about the super unknown song, the solo that he has on there. It's just absolute shredding. And I think one thing about Soundgarden um, is that Chris Cornell was such an incredible vocalist and a, amazing singer that I think it almost overshadows at times the musical skill that yeah. the other members of the band had. I mean, Ben Shepard on the bass and Matt Cameron, for example, ben everybody, is amazing. Ben yeah. is incredible. I mean, the way he holds his bass down at his fucking ankles and he's yeah. just hammering that thing. The energy, and, 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and he might, and, and, and Matt Cameron is, I mean, an absolute trooper when it comes to, uh, like being a backbone to songs and stuff yeah. and the way that he like commands and for stuff. multiple different groups and across like 35 years. And, and I think with Matt, for example, recently like a lot a lot of pearl if you talk to pearl jam fans about matt cameron versus if you talk to soundgarden fans about matt cameron that you get you get two different responses because pearl jam fans you know they're like oh matt cameron ruins every song like we need dave abrazis <laughs> back but matt cameron is a hell of a drummer and yeah he's so versatile you know uh, yeah yeah i i totally agree i think that he is um he's just he's just a pillar I feel like he's a pillar in the drum world. He's been, he's done so much. And, and, you know, I think a a really good uh, reading on like how good the musicians are, are their live performances. hundred percent. And Soundgarden has like some of, I mean, you know, there's, everybody can picture certain, especially if you've been there, they, they picture certain performances and songs, but the videos you've watched, I've watched, I've probably watched the most, uh, live performances from Soundgarden or at least like full concerts. Like, I mean, yeah. like as far as Lollapalooza, like mm-hmm. 92, like I've watched the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, Many times. <laughs> like I've gone, I've gone straight through it and, and uh, every song is killer. Everything is good. I feel like they just, they just hit all the time and you can't do that when, when not, when the whole band's not on the same page and those guys, I feel like those guys just crush. Exactly. And, and I feel like with Soundgarden, you know, obviously the the four individuals that we just mentioned, but even back to the early days, like Hiro Yamamoto, the first bassist, yeah. for example, yeah. who was a founding member of Soundgarden. Um, and then you had Jason Everman in there for yeah. a little bit as well, who was also in Nirvana for a little bit. I, I just feel that all of the musicians that have ever been in Soundgarden have kind of all fit so cohesively for what they were trying to accomplish at the time. Because if you think about Soundgarden, their sound evolved a lot, you know, in the early eighties, they kind of had like a little, like a little dash of glam, little dash of metal. And, you know, before mm-hmm. grunge really existed, you know, I mean, if you're thinking about something like ultra mega, okay, or louder than love, like those records were, you know, so different from bad motor finger and, and, and super unknown, which were to come in the nineties. But I mean, you talk about a band that collectively can wear so many different hats and, the musicians in those bands that can wear so many different hats as well. I mean, you just think of all the different projects they've all been a part of, but I think, you know, when I think of Soundgarden, you have to think of Chris, you know, Chris's voice Mm -hmm. and his ability there. It's, I mean, some, some of those performances and some of those studio recordings are just absolutely out of this world. It's almost like he was recording just to show off and be like, yeah, my voice is that good. <laughs> like if yeah. you think you think about a song like um, like Beyond the Wheel, um, how how does a human being sound like that? I don't know. I, I really I really don't know. I mean, I've tried to sing in the mirror a few times. Oh, absolutely. Or, uh, yeah, I've tried to sing, and I physically like I don't know how you can train a voice. It's so, it's so weird to me. Like I know you can practice like you know other instruments, but the right. the vocal cords are like it's it's an instrument as well. And as far as like training that. Um, I don't know if, I mean, you have to be born with this and he is clearly like, I don't know. I feel like he didn't even have, he just had it. He just, you know, he's always had it and there's nothing, nothing we can do about it. 
Yeah, he, he, he had like a that. gift. There's no, nothing. exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, how many times? I mean, Soundgarden will come on on the radio, or like my personal favorite. Um, whenever Hunger Strike comes on, like mm-hmm. if you're, if you're with a buddy and like you're you're drinking or whatever, and you know one of you takes Ed's part and one of you takes Chris's oh, part. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't. I've tried. I will still try, <laughs> but you, you can't, you can't do Chris's part uh, any sort of justice. And his voice is so unique, almost kind of like I think of you know the two two of the more unique voices to come out of that era, obviously Lane Staley, I would say is in that conversation as well with Chris, just the, the unique aspects to their voice and their phrasing and um, you know, certainly their abilities as writers. But um, do you have a Soundgarden album that is like your quintessential, if I want to listen to Soundgarden, this is the album Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick. I do. I absolutely do. I think, I I mean, I was looking like that five year stretch that they had from like, like starting with, or eight, 89 louder than love. But then, cause that one has like a, some really good songs on there. Oh, absolutely. That, like, I mean, I love gun gun is one of my favorite songs yep. probably by them. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause obviously super, loud, super love drum, too. But, yep. Loud yeah. love. And then, um, uh, big dumb sex is yeah, on that one. That's a great song. And like, so that, like that, that's, I don't know. I, li- I was looking through the albums and I was just like, man, there are like six, like really, I mean, I mean, all their songs are good, but every album has like six or seven, like, um, like super popular or yeah, like just well, well-known songs well they have, for like me the, yeah they have like six or seven songs on every single album that if you put that song on anybody else's album or anybody else's career that would be the best song that they ever created you know and yeah. they've got like their albums are just filled with them i mean their, their b-sides are filled with songs that if somebody else had written it and, re- and released it it would be their magnum opus of their entire career yeah. i mean which is unbelievable and i think particularly you know you mentioned louder than love i think when you fast forward to 91 with bad motor finger i mean that yeah that album is front to back just absolute world destroyers yeah and that's that's my that's my number one album that's when i yeah. think of sound when i think of Soundgarden, i need i need an album to listen to i kind of go to that mind frame and i just i just picture that right away so yeah bad motor finger for me we've talked about this before yeah. um people probably saw that coming um, oh, 100%. Would you agree? Or you, do you have oh, yeah. a sleeper? 100%. So originally, when I first got into Soundgarden, so um, just as a refresher, we're in our mid-20s, so we weren't alive during the era, so we weren't um, alive and cognizant of these albums as they were coming out, so everything was kind of retrospective. Uh, the first inter- introduction I had to Soundgarden, you know, obviously was Black Hole Sun, but it was also burning my hand off down on the upside. But I think for mm-hmm. a while, um, Super Unknown was my favorite Soundgarden album until I segued into bad motor finger i think i heard slaves and bulldozers do- yeah. slaves and bulldozers for the first time and then i was mm-hmm. hooked and it's bad motor finger every day of the week for me and yeah. when i think i mean of, just yeah i would say just starting off like they're going right down the list they start they're bringing with rusty cage i think it was with rusty cage outshined then slaves and then jesus christ pose right <laughs> for the first for the first four songs and yeah. like those they're they're just beautiful beautiful compositions like and something i always think of too with um like album composition because you know i grew up in the streaming age as you did as well um but back in back in those days you know if you picked up a cd or cassette or or a vinyl you know and you you drop that thing in you know you can't shuffle that you know right you, you you normally you just drop it and let it play and you imagine like that four song run to start off like the A yeah. side to that album is is just absolutely unbelievable. Like that is your introduction to that album. You know those four yeah. songs. And it's like how do how do you beat that? 
You can't. That's why every time I listen to the album, I pretty much start from the beginning and I go straight through. Mm-hmm. I don't really, sh- I don't shuffle that album. I can't. Yeah. Do you have Maybe a, cause I love this. Yeah. Do you have a favorite off of bad motor finger? Favorite song? Yeah. Uh, I would say that I really, I really do love slaves and bulldozers. Yeah. I do. I do love searching, uh, searching with my, my good eye close yeah. is, is really good. That's my favorite. Of, is it? Is 100%, it? Yeah. Yeah. I, they're all, they're all, yeah, they're all really good. I think Slaves and Bulldozers though, has a special, it really, it really gets me going like mm-hmm. the best I'd say. Yeah. And, um, I think with this album, you know, as we, we've mentioned often on this podcast, you take music and you can kind of apply it to certain areas of your life or certain experiences. And you mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Um, you know, we were both college athletes. You still train post-collegiately. Um, I train just for different things, but when I think of bad motor finger, I think of, weightlifting. I think of training for my sport, uh, track and field in college, and now just training to train. Um, and I have a few songs that I will always go to if I'm trying to hit like a max back squat or a deadlift or something. And it's like war pigs by black Sabbath is always on there, but then it's, it's, it's like war pigs by black Sabbath. And then the entirety of bad motor finger, you know, like all of those songs. And, you know, if you're listening out there and you're, you know, athletically inclined at all, or, you know, you want something, something to raise the heart rate a little bit, you know, exactly what we're talking about here. I mean, those songs just channel so much intensity and it's just, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. And it's like a, uh, I just feel like it's a, it's like a train. Like every time the way that they play, like the way that Matt Cameron kind of like delivers the drums with the guitar. Come, it just it just mm-hmm. seems like it's just revving an engine. And people are just throwing coal into yeah. like a runaway train or runaway freight train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that. Like it just it's just yeah, goes. and particularly their live performances around this time, like ninety one, ninety two. Yes. It's such a weird combination of like you said. It's just like this slow driving train, and it's just so heavy and so consistent. But it's also in in ways it's equal parts like muddy and just like a little sloppy and just like playing that instrument just as hard as you can <laughs> and just delivering yeah. that performance. And, and the way that Chris's vocals would just layer on top of, you know, everybody else. And Chris in his own right was a really talented guitarist as well. I think that's another thing. Chris's voice, just as it kind of overshadows the musicianship of the other three in the band, I think it also overshadows the musicianship that he held with the guitar. Um, Absolutely. You know, and the fact that he was doing those things simultaneously is unbelievable. He was playing guitar and singing and singing and playing guitar with that much skill that he did both of those things um i mean i can't even if i play guitar i can't even speak to somebody else while i'm doing it i don't know how this man sang and just you know stomped around the stage you got the cornell stomp going on it's just man iconic. it's just absolutely iconic i think you know the best the best live acts always have those acts of showmanship i mean you, you think about um Eddie Vedder climbing the rafters and Scott Weiland with his dance moves moving all around the stage mm-hmm. and Chris just, you know, stomping around, just playing his guitar. And, you know, you have Ben just like bumping into everything on the stage, like not even looking up, just like just rolling around with his the bass. bass going everywhere. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then Kim just standing there like a statue, just tearing into his guitar. And then Matt, you know, on, on the drums. I mean, they were, they were a special group and I'll always be, really really sad that i was never able to see them live well i was about to say would you i would probably i mean this has a lot of factors but if i were to, if i were to pick a band that i wanted to see live for the energy that they brought and of course like alice and chains and, and nirvana i would want to see live mm-hmm. for different reasons though for almost, different reasons you know? but i think that, i think that Soundgarden 
um, in 92 would be, I, you know, I think the, the probably the Lollapalooza was the perfect concert to be at. So if you yeah. guys were at that concert, you know, we, I saw some comments um, on the YouTube, the, on the video and stuff, people were kind of rehashing like their experience there. And it, mm-hmm. it might be the perfect, uh, the perfect concert yeah of the era i mean yeah. that just it like it looks and like the the set list was just full of i mean they're all bangers absolutely great 100%. i think I, I wrote them down it's like the list was it was ghost gun jesus christ pose outshined big dumb sex ugly truth rusty cage slaves and then searching with my good eye closed and that's it's absolutely it's, it unbeatable like an hour-long set of just like go just rage (laughs) exactly i think of that concert and then i believe it was it was either 91 or 92 but they were opening for guns and roses i think it was guns and roses (laughs) use your illusion two tour and they were there there's there's one on there's one on youtube that's really popular yes we know it sounds ridiculous to say that soundgarden opened for man i would gnr what yeah i'm i'm not shy about my opinion of guns and roses i'm not either i I think they suck i don't like guns and roses i would have gone to that show and walked right out like screw you axel rose i don't i don't care like i'm i'm here to see Soundgarden. i'm gonna walk off and leave but i mean those those two performances (laughs) there's this one video on youtube of of one of their opening sets in france for guns and roses um and it's just absolutely unbelievable i mean they they just epitomized everything that i love about that era of music that came out of, you know, the Seattle, the Pacific Northwest area. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, so you have Bad Motor Finger, and then three years later, they followed up with Super Unknown, which was far and away their com- most commercially successful mm-hmm. album. And yet Black Hole Sun on its own right. probably outsold everything else that they had done prior to that. But I mean, even that record you know, has songs has, like Fourth of July. You yeah. Know. Mailman. Mailman. Spoon Man. The Spoon Man. That song is <laughs> so mean, important. <laughs> Spoon Man is is one of my favorite. I, it's, I probably one of yours as well. But I, I love yeah. that love, love that song for so many reasons. Mm. Um, extremely well put together. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and fell on Black Days was on that album as well. Yep. Yeah. Day absolutely. I tried to live uh, like suicide limo wreck. Um, I mean that's another you know jam packed. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's two albums in a row. 1991 with Bad Motor Finger and 94 with Super Unknown. That there's really not a skippable song on there. And and Super Unknown that was one of the first CDs that I that I ended up getting for my car when I was actually you know old enough to get my permit and start driving. And I remember, you know, even throughout college road tripping out to college, you know, halfway across the United States. And I just put that thing in and, you know, play it front to back for three or four hours. I, you know, I get four or five good listens in and, oh man, what a, what a fantastic record. And then even still two years after that with down on the upside, which is a little bit of a a shift in genre, they started to uh, incorporate a little bit more acoustic guitar, but even still that, that's, that album has one of my all time favorite sound garden songs, zero chance on there along Mm -hmm. with boot camp, the last, the last song on that album. And I think really think of that run that they had from, you know, 1991 to 96. I mean, that's those three albums, you know? Yeah. I thought I thought boot camp was one of your fa- one of yeah. your higher ones, which um so the reason I bring or I, I thought about that was I looked up a just, I like to see other people's rankings and you know we kind of get Certainly. where we where we kind of set uh settle in with them. But um I saw Vulture Vulture Music or the magazine they did the uh, uh they ranked all of their songs, so all 134 Soundgarden songs. Yep. And um well, and I was it'll kind of bump around. I have the top 10 in front of me, well, top 11, but 
the had they had boot camp at number 99 really 134 that yeah which is i'm kind of insulted yeah i was like yeah so and they have little write-ups on everything which is kind of which is kind of cool but um i thought that was interesting because i know that it was one of your uh one of your i don't know yeah highly listened it, songs so what is how does that make you feel that that you yeah, does that I, mean that you have a uh, a better should, understanding should, of this song or it means i have shitty taste i don't know yeah, um, it, yeah, do you have shitty yeah do you know something that we don't know about this song um i certainly don't because i don't know much but i will say um i'm i'm definitely biased towards lyrics when i evaluate songs and when i kind of decide what i like and what i don't like um in boot camp for example some of the lyrics on there is just you know same thing with with zero chance which is you know one of my favorite Soundgarden songs and my favorite off of that record just the lyrics in there and, and boot camp ends um with something to the effect of you know there must be something else there must be something good far away from here um, and he just says far away, far away a few times. And, and just like, I don't know. Um, I think there was one point where I heard that song at the right time where that type of lyricism and that type of picture, you know, struck a chord with me at the time. Um, and then I, I've just felt strongly about the song ever since, but I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I may, maybe the, uh, yeah. the, the, the song ranker at Vulture doesn't feel the same way, but, um, that's my personal experience with it. But I'm a big they, uh, boot camp guy. They put zero chance at number 89. Just <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it, that's a so, that's a top 15 song, man, for yeah, Soundgarden. It says uh I'm insulted. It says Zero Chance is a deceivingly tricky song. Though the chords and structure are pretty straightforward, there are a few subtle shifts in the time signature throughout. It opens up with a light and clean melody in 11-8 before shifting into regular old That's, When I'm form. listening to songs, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe... Yeah, I want to see what they said about boot camp. Oh, they, uh, they probably... They probably talked about time signatures no they just other. they just said it's very it's it's a full minute of hazy wawa guitar flutters and and choppy half buried chatter before cornell even sings the word i think and it says very trippy very trippy and uh absolutely psychedelic imagery yeah there's, and, a, uh, there's a time and place for that yeah okay so i'll give you i'll give you the actually i, I do like their top 10 yeah um, let's hear it well, how, yeah, how do you want me to do it? Do you want me to start with 10 options? Yeah, we'll, start with we'll, 11? Yeah, we'll start with 11 and work our way on up to one. Yeah. And I think I think it's pretty good. I, I like, and then maybe we can read a few uh, of the excerts. Yeah. So 11, I, have, I was going to do top 10, but 11 can't be left out because I love this song. And it's Jesus Christ pose. Uh, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ pose. Absolutely. So, I mean, um, yeah. What, what about that song do you... I don't know why that, that mean, actually I do know why. So we had Chris, we are a good friend, Chris Caparo. I think that he helped. Um, what was this? He has a story yeah, so, on his Instagram. So he, he, took, he, he, took, he took a picture of Perry Farrell and yes. Chris Cornell apparently saw that picture and it was, it was a Perry, you know, in a Jesus Christ pose, you know, with his arms held out and, and evidently Chris had seen that and he was affected by it. And he, and he wrote the song um, with that photograph in mind. But I think with that song, I always think about the live performances of it. Cause you know, there's just that chaotic beginning with the guitars and the drums and everything. And, you know, Matt Cameron's getting, you know, he's drumming really quickly. Like he's able to do it in such a great way. And, and Chris just stepped up to the mic and he's, you know, takes his hands off his guitar and he just puts his arms out, you know, and sings mm -hmm. that the first, the first verse or so. Um, that's what I always think about with that song. But I mean, that's, yeah. that's a great song. Yeah. It's so good. Um, all right. So 10, uh, mailman, 
Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not a tremendously big mailman fan, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great song, obviously. Yeah. Uh, number nine, which I actually really like this song. This is off of down on the upside tighter and tighter. Okay. It's just a, it's just a really, it's, I, I think it's one of the darker songs uh, that they have, mm-hmm. but I, I just cause like when it, when it was written uh, yeah. eight fell on black days. Yeah. That's, that's a no brainer top 10 song for Soundgarden. Seven, uh, which I believe you uh, referenced earlier, so you're doing pretty good. Beyond the Wheel, off of Ultra Mega, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if Chris Cornell were reading the phone book as the lyrics on Beyond the Wheel, it would still be a top 10 song just because of his vocal ability on there. Um, yeah, it, 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 it didn't matter what he was saying. That's that's just unbelievable what he was able to do on that recording. Yeah, and a little note on this one, I guess, on, on Good Authority, they asked Kim one time, and he said that this was his favorite uh Really, song. Kim Thale's yeah. favorite Soundgarden song. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six is "Gun." Okay. Number five, "Rusty Cage." Um, number four, "Slaves and Bulldozers," and they they claim this to be the best live song that they have. Uh, I, I could definitely, song. I could definitely see that contention yeah. there. I mean, just the yeah. way that they break that song down, and for a while, like nothing's really going on except like Matt intermittently drumming and Ben, you know, hitting the bass line, and, mm-hmm. and then they come back and explode into the end of that song. I mean, that was that was an impressive live performance that they would yep. give for that. So we got top three. <clears throat> so the, the real question is: Is Black Hole Sun number one, or is it number two? I don't think you can give it the top slot. I don't know. It's the same thing for Black Hole Sun to me. For Soundgarden, is the same thing as Teen Spirit for me to Nirvana. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's just so like omnipresent that it's kind of hard to actually really understand how good of a song it is. Yeah, but, yeah, and I think that's one thing that I think it's a disadvantage that we didn't grow up during the time. Obviously, right. yeah, like we never knew a time where Black Hole Sun was a new song. Yeah, because you could imagine the effects. You can, you know, par- parallel it to uh, a song that, like, all right, I really like Twenty One Pilots for a while. Okay, I still, I still do, but I've kind of grown. Uh, it's just a little bit different. But I, mm-hmm. I like them because I, I was with them when they broke. Yeah, and I, there's a few songs that I just love that now when I listen to it, it's just, it just doesn't hold the same weight. Yeah, um, I feel similarly. Like I feel like uh, Green Day, the American Idiot album, "Wake Me Up When September Ends." I remember when that song yeah. came out, um, and it was my favorite song, and it was all of my classmates' favorite song as well. Um, you know, and now yeah. it's just like you know, it's not not a punchline, but it's just be, it, some songs just become so popular that you kind of forget about the merit they have just because they're played so often and you know them so well. But um, so are we yeah. on we on number three right here. We're on three. And, all right, and it the is Holy in Trinity. Fact, it is in fact they put Black Hole Sun at, at number three. Okay, yeah, that, that's 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 fair. I, I'm interested. I, I like to see. that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's a good ranking. And I think you know, I think I think the reason that they did it, and this is just my th- so sound like Black Hole Sun is is different than. Uh, I mean, obviously, like that's is really synonymous when uh, to the band, but I do think. Of, Bad Motor Finger, and I think a lot of the heavier stuff. Yeah, um, me so too. And, and Black Hole Sun had a little like bit of that, like trippier, you know, alternative mm-hmm. tuning, just different, you know, technical aspects to it, which was, you know, I think a lot of times now, um, you know, I kind of don't think about how innovative, you know, that song was for them at the time with just how it sounded and, and super unknown the album as a whole um, at that time. But I think three is a good placing for us. So the top two here, uh, what, are, what are we missing? Let's Let's hear number two. Number two is uh, they put Outshined. Okay. 
yeah, yeah off a of bad motor finger, obviously. Yep. And that's, that's great. I love that. That's, that's a great, so, um, yeah. So I know we've been talking, we've been throwing out titles a lot, but can you think of a song that hasn't been, hasn't been said that, uh, would be the number one. And I, I like it. I, I think it, I believe, uh, let me say this for every song, but I believe that this is one of your favorite songs as well. <clears throat> Which I'm trying to think. I know um, we've talked, we've talked a lot of songs. Yeah, we've, we've talked in circles. Is it, is, is it burden in my hand? No, no, okay. that was around like 13 to 15. Okay. I think it yeah. was. And then I know it's probably not the day I tried to live, but I love that song. Uh, what, the same. what song, what song's number one then according to Vulture? So, uh, According to Vulture, it's also super unknown. Because <laughs> apparently, I don't know anything. Because I had <laughs> I had boot camp in, at, at number ten, and they had it in the nineties. But so uh, I'll just read it. it. Says the goal here is to rank the relative quality of each and every one of Soundgarden's songs. The best one the band ever recorded was Fourth of July. Really, they put Fourth of July as number one. They, okay, I love that. That's yeah. great. Opens with a brutal churn of doom laden detuned yes. guitar t- chords. So yes. I think I think that. I think it's a great number one song. I hundred percent. And like I, know, you, I would say you love that one. I, I love that song. That song is, I've used this phrase with you before. Like that song to me just sounds like a march through hell. And it has yeah. one of my all time favorite lyrics and it's down in the hole. Jesus tries to crack a smile beneath another shovel load. Like how just wildly apocalyptic that is. And just like that takes you that, takes you to what I would understand hell to be like they got Jesus digging shovels and, and he's trying to trying to smile beneath it all, but you can't. And, and I think that song, like the, they tuned those guitars down so much and it's yeah. just so heavy. Um, I, I love that. I love that. That's, that's a great, yeah. I, I love that. That's number one over, over black hole sun, because typically I'm not a big fan of ranking songs like this is the best song. Cause I don't think it's up right. to anybody to tell you what the best song of a band is, but I guess, you know, the way they framed it, whatever, whatever blurb you just read of their like relative, whatever importance. Um, I think, you know, if you had to explain Soundgarden to somebody who'd never heard them before, I certainly think 4th of July is a hell of a place to start. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just captures them in, you know, five minutes, however long it is. It does an excellent yeah, it's just that's, perfect. So that's, that's so, yeah, fantastic. I mean, take it or leave it. That's what Vulture says. But I, I like yeah. I like looking at other people's lists and yeah, they, it's had, they had Spoon Man. They had Spoon Man at thirteen. Okay, yeah. So just just that's, outside of the top ten. That's we 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 like Spoon Man. Spoon Man's an, an important song, um, yeah. as as we've said before. But yeah, it's always it's always interesting to see you know how how different people rank songs. And I'd be really interesting interested to hear you know what what the band you know the people in the band were to think about like what their what their favorites were, what their best songs, you know, in their opinion were, because I mean, nobody knows the music better than them. that's, a, the, those are about the only people that if they were to rank their, the, the songs that I would give credence to their, their ranking, like these people mm-hmm. in Vulture, you know, I don't know what they know that I don't. Cause apparently, apparently boot camp is a shitty song, but I guess that we're, we're breaking even though. Cause they put 4th of July at number one. Yeah. I mean, it, it, could you imagine like it's like it is it's so hard to even like kind of quantify uh ranking 134 songs from one band. yeah like well what's what's the difference between the 117th best song and the 108th <laughs> best song you know like you're yeah. just you're just throwing throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks yeah. i guess but 
Um, I mean, it's cool. Everybody, you know, I, I love, I, I love yeah, taking I'm, the time to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they did it because that is not a job for us. I could not imagine sitting down. I mean, you, you think of a band like Pearl Jam. I think they have ten studio albums. Trying to trying to rank all of those songs, like, no thanks. That's that's not a job for me. So um, I hope everybody knows that they can never expect that type of thing from us. <laughs> it's just it's just not yeah. going to happen. We'll do like top threes, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> top top two. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I thought that was fun. It'd be kind of fun to talk about. Absolutely, um, and, it, and it's great to get some some Soundgarden talk in. And 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 for me, you know, Pearl Jam is probably always going to be my like favorite of the quote unquote grunge bands from the Pacific Northwest, just because of their personal importance to me and and the way that I tie their music to different memories and events in my life. But that 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 number two slot always seems to alternate back and forth between Alice in Chains, um, Soundgarden, and then the Screaming Trees are in there a little bit too. But I mean, man, like after having spoken about Soundgarden for the last, you know, half hour, you know, I think if you were to ask me today, Soundgarden's definitely, you know, one of my favorite, you know, music acts of all time. Yeah. <clears throat> they um they just have so many songs that I've listened, like so many songs that I've listened to multiple, yeah. like many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, it just, I can't deny that I, you know, have, I'm connected to them yeah. in a great way. So yeah, I, I would put their, they're at the top of my list too. They're just yeah. a really, I, I find myself listening to them a lot recently, um, actually too. Definitely. Um, and, and something thinking about Soundgarden too, I think they're just a master class in, you know, a band being the sum of its parts where everybody is yeah, equally agree. responsible for the works that go forward. And, you know, that band doesn't happen without, Ben Shepard, just as it yeah. doesn't happen without Matt Cameron, just as it doesn't happen without Chris, mm-hmm. or just as it doesn't happen without Kim, you know, I think, and a lot of times too, you know, as, as we get away from different eras and, and people are trying to, um, you know, solidify legacies and carve out territory that kind of gets lost that, you know, these bands don't happen without every single individual that was ever a part of that band. Right. Um, and I think that's something that we always need to remember about all of these bands, but I think particularly <laughs> about Soundgarden that, you know, that band was who that, what that band was because of everybody who was involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's, they're definitely a, a great example of a band working together and, and just making beautiful music and, yeah. and working together. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that is one of their, that's something that I, I really uh, appreciated from them. Yeah, good point. I agree. And, and and I think, I think lately people have been forgetting about that. So it's always, always good to, to, uh, to grace the airwaves with that, but I'm loving it. We got to get them. We got to get them to the hall of fame. We I have guess. to get them to the I rock guess. and roll hall of fame. I mean, I Matt, why, Matt Cameron. If, yeah. Like Matt Cameron's in the rock hall of fame for like 15 other bands. We got to get <laughs> Soundgarden in there. I don't know why, but I think it, does, it feels like our responsibility. Somehow we have to, yeah. I think we, we've been asked for like, we've been asked to share positions for this yeah. to get people. So I think, I yeah. think our, our seminal focus, like we, we might, we might need to kill, kill the whole wood thing and then take this, this up as our torch, you know, that we need to get Soundgarden in the rock and roll hall of fame. What if we did? What if, what, what if, if we, we what did, if, what if we were in the foot, we, we were in the footnotes of like, yeah, like, yeah, like for a while, maybe some, some like documentary in a couple of years, like, yeah, they were getting snuffed for a long time, but then lo and behold, they got a little, a little crowd backing, uh, you know, between grunge Bible and, and vulture. You think about it like, enough drum, yeah, drummed up enough. you know, but I mean, honestly, 
you think of all the other dumb shit that's gone happy. viral over the internet. Yeah, I mean, if this, like, you know, you carve out like a little piece and you're like, you know what, this is my contribution. Um, at that point, if, if we got, if we helped get Soundgarden in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we'd be able to do whatever we want with the page and no one could complain because that is a worthy, um, that is a worthy contribution to grunge canon. But who knows? Maybe, maybe we, yeah, maybe we need to think about this a little more. That could be yeah, something. We got wor- to workshop this and, and see what we, we can do. Yeah, we die happy with that one. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, I think that's going to be our, our, our initiative um, is, is get Soundgarden into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because we, uh, we definitely have no ability to actually impact that, but we'll see. No, no. You know, yeah. We will see, but I'm loving the Soundgarden talk. That was good. It's fun let's to think m- about, you know? It is fun to think about if, if, if we were able to impact that, but let's move forward. Ethan, do you have a song of the week? This is the first full week of the month of May, 2021. Yeah, yeah I, I love I love this. So I'm going to, now we're, we're caught up, which is great. And because um, this is, we're recording on a Monday and this is going to come out Friday. So everything is yeah. current. So it's actually what we're listening to right now. And um, I got I got a good one for you. I actually just posted on our story today. It is a, a, a friend, a friend of mine has a band back in Philly and they've been following. I used to, we used to play shows um, around the same time when I was in high school and they're, they're my brother's age, but, um, the band is chestnut grove and they just released a single called ain't got nobody. And it's really, I I love it. I really do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun to have this. Um, uh, there's James and D, uh, there's two singers, a guy and a girl, and they switch back and forth and one plays drums, the other sings, and then they'll actually go back and forth and they both play drums and guitar. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. And they, they're a jam band. They have like a lot of, she has like some Janis Joplin and he has like a lot of like Kings of Leon type voicing and it's super, it's, it's really jammy, but like, um, pretty folky and just awesome. So shout out. Um, he's always, he's always a big support, but the the song's really great and it's worth a share. So, you guys, I think you'll like, you'd like it, Chris. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, I saw you share that earlier this morning. I have to, to circle back around and give that a listen because uh, Absolutely. it's close to home. We, we like that. We like, uh, yeah. we like uh, our friends creating music and sharing it with the world. So, How about you, Chris? Have you been listening to a lot of music uh, this I, weekend? I have been listening to a lot of music this weekend. So, well, the last several weekends, I've been busting my ass trying to move. Um, I just, for all intents and purposes, completed the move yesterday. Um, and simultaneously, because I don't think about things before I plan them, I'm also training for a marathon right now. So my -hmm. weekends have been, uh, you know, get up on a Saturday or Sunday and run, you know, 15 to 20 miles and then move for seven hours and then get up on Sunday and do it again. Um, but yesterday, finally, I was able to breathe for a little bit. So I got up, I did my long run on Saturday. So then the next day, Sunday, I woke up, went for like a nice little, nice little recovery run, got a couple miles in, came back. It was still kind of early. And I threw on, I threw on a playlist, like a, you know, one of those like stereotypical Spotify, like, like chill, like Sunday playlists or whatever. And, um, and I heard a song called light of a clear blue morning by Waxahachie. Um, so that was a musical project by Katie Crutchfield and and she's Waxahachie. Yeah. So good. Um, their album St. Cloud, um, just came out in 2020. And I think they, they just released like a, um, like a deluxe version or like in addition to it, um, recently and this song light of a clear blue morning was, uh, was on that. So I was, I was in need of something just to, just to set the mood a little bit. I came back in, you know, first morning in my new apartment. Um, you know, I had a nice coffee. I was making some eggs and, and I put this song on and I just sat down and I was like, this is good. 
this song is important. I listened to it a couple times. Uh, it's it's kind of like a little bit of like folk indie vibe, but yeah. this one's like really slow and relaxing. And and I needed that at the time, so we're locking that in as song like of the that. week. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was it was That's really great. good. Yeah, I needed. You know, it's always funny. There's some good songs. Yeah, and it's always Back funny you think about. Um, you know, when you're tired, sometimes like music can make you a little less tired or just calm you down a little bit. So I needed that. Uh, it was time to rest and, uh, Waxahachie helped me rest. It was, it was really awesome. Um, yeah. so I was really grateful for that, but, um, that goes with the, uh, the spring, the spring mood. I feel like both our songs are kind of spring, yeah, spring man. cleaning type, uh, you know, jammy. Absolutely. Just, about to, about to be spending a lot more time outside, you know, the sun's not setting until, you know, 8, oh, yeah. 30 PM. This is my favorite time of year. Like just when we're starting to break into the good weather, um, just cause yeah. it's, it's been so long and, and I love, you know, spending time outside, you know, pretty much any time of the day I can get out there. Even if it's raining, I don't care. Like I love running in the rain and, you know, just different things like that. But yeah, man, hopefully, hopefully this summer will be better than the last, you know, uh, I, I can guarantee that. I we'll, think we'll be moving forward, but, um, Awesome. Yeah. So anyways, as we spoke about earlier uh, in this podcast episode, we wanted to thank uh, Shannon, Sonny, and Victor, our three top level patrons. And currently we have 17 of you who have decided to support the cause in that manner. Um, and if you like the podcast so far and you like what you're hearing, uh, you can go over to grungebible.com and our Patreon account is linked there. There's three tiers that you can support us at um, each month uh, and you can select your tier and it will automatically you know, support us each month. And that will allow us to produce this show to host it with an RSS feed. It'll help with website upkeep and different things like that that keep this podcast running on all cylinders. And that's the most direct way to support us with this podcast. But additionally, we have merchandise available for purchase and the links are also there on grungebible.com. And one more addition, as of this morning, Grunge Bible has a TikTok account. So if you go to if if you go to at grunge underscore Bible on TikTok, it is there. We do own it. Um, we don't know how to use it yet. We don't know what we're going to use it for. Um, it's probably going to be really stupid. But if you like TikTok, if you're on TikTok, we'd love it if you come along for the ride. Ethan, what what is your opinion of TikTok? Because I know I know you don't have one, and, and I don't have one either, except yeah. for this one. <clears throat> uh, I'll I'll just say that when when you texted me and you said that you had we made a TikTok, I was like. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Why did we do this? Uh, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, Chris, you're trying to kill me. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just, my, my opinion is, yeah, it's, it's, it's clearly influential and clearly really big. I just, I can't, I, I can't in- introduce another social media. So I, yeah. I've been staying away. As, I've been staying away as long as I can, but yeah, there's not a lot of room. Really there's not things. a lot of room at the end in terms of social yeah. media because I mean, like, I, we, we have our personal accounts. We have Grunge Bible. We have Porch Radio. Um, you have the USA Javelin Project account. Mm-hmm. I work with social media as my full-time day job. Yes. You know, it's like my entire wanna, life is social media. I just want to break my phone like I know. Four, four times a day. I just, I just want to throw it against the wall. It's, it's so... It's so draining sometimes. Yeah. Like I had, I mean, I pretty much, you know, I phased out of Facebook a few years ago because mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I could too only much. do one too Instagram. Much. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but, but TikTok, I'm, you know, of course, we'll see, you know, yeah, it, it is a little, it is a little intriguing. I feel like I could get stuck on it. That's why I've stayed away. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, who knows? Yeah. We've, yeah, we've so. both, we've both been known to get stuck in the, uh, 
time space continuum of social media. I, that's something I certainly struggle with is, you know, unplugging. I've gotten good at the end of the day, like when it's time to go to bed, putting the phone away. But during the day, man, it's, it's hard. And like people are texting you and like, you know, trying, so to, like, trying to make lunch or something. And like, it's like, you know what, that can wait. But hopefully that's something that this year I'd like to get a little better at is just being able to, you know, put the phone down and unplug. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess that's going to be harder now because Grunge Bible is on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> What are, what are, what, what's uh, next who, are we gonna are we gonna go back to to myspace or are we, are we gonna dude i think we could get a pretty good following on myspace we we should release our podcasts exclusively on napster um <laughs> i <laughs> i don't think napster exists anymore but we gotta bring that back and, and be like you know what spotify apple music youtube like y'all had a good run but we're, we're napster guys um, yeah, I think, I, I think that. that'll be, but honestly, I'm praying to God that no other social media forms come along because I, I, I really can't do many more. Um, no, it's what's, what's the other one? Uh, is I there there's there something else that like, it was like, should we do it? No, we can't do it. I thought there was something else. Just Prob- probably, but thankfully yeah. we didn't do it. Um, yeah. So keep, keep your eyes peeled for some, uh, <laughs> riveting content from, from the grunge Bible guys over on TikTok. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I believe that will do it for episode eight of the grunge Bible podcast. Ethan, I had a great time sitting down, talking some sound garden. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah it was, give, it was good uh, stuff. One more shout out. Well, two more actually, uh, shout out to Drew McFadden for doing our engineering and producing and giving us a great intro. Always Absolutely. thank him. And then, uh, lastly, I want to shout out, I want to shout out you, Chris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys don't realize, man, Chris is an absolute workhorse over here at Grunge Bible. Oh, man. I, I love giving him the recognition when I can. Um, you, you do a great job. You're, you're really, you're really good at this. I, like you said, you know, the social media wears on you, but you have a way of, uh, of just kind of trudging through and always getting the job done. And this, th- this thing could not roll without you. And you know that, I know that, but the people need to as well. So well, Chris, I, I we're really, we're really thankful much. for you. You are, you're our biggest sponsor <laughs> oh, uh, man. <laughs> until, until someone comes in and actually sponsors us. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll, you know what? I mean, everything you just said for me can be said for you. And I think the one thing about this page, as we've spoken about is, you know, it, it ebbs and flows how much we're both individually able to do, but you know, without fail, you know, if, if, if I'm busy or I've got some things going on, just as when you have some things going on, you know, the other person picks up the slack right there. And, you know, as, mm-hmm. as men wiser than us once said, you know, we all get by with a little help from our friends. So, you know, we, yeah. we put the load on me as they say. So put the load on me. Yeah. We're out here doing our best. So yeah, it's um, all we can do. Yeah. So thank you. Another great episode in the books. Uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Yeah. Like, Episode follow, nine coming soon. Yeah. Especially on TikTok. Follow us on TikTok. It'll be great. Yeah. And we will talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. Rock, Rock and, and roll. roll. Awesome.